a podcast where we talk to people that work in different jobs and we find out different ways there are to make money. Sweet, sweet money. Uh, I'm one of your <laughs> hosts, Jen, and we got Joyce, Joyce. over there. Hi, Joyce. I'm your other host, Joyce. We're the two hosts, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, we're just we're just chilling, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, chilling, yeah, I okay. So I'm like, I think I'm trying to force this to be a thing, but okay. I am drinking different drinks while we record, mm-hmm. and I think secretly I'm trying to manifest that drink companies just send me their drinks so I can try on the show, mm-hmm. but I am drinking what's called New Brew, and it's a euphoric seltzer, and I know we were talking about that beforehand, um, but it is, uh, it's kava root, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's kind of weird, kind of. You, you're feeling it? You're feeling it now? I, I feel very chill. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's working. But now I, I didn't tell you this part. I did also chug a CBD soda. Right oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but that never does anything. So I just was like, whatever. I don't need um I don't need to be restrictive. But I think uh yeah, you know, why not be chill? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like that, yeah, go for it. Mix it all, see what happens, and see how you feel. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Joyce, what are you drinking today? Coffee? I am drinking nice, nice water. That's like always my drink of choice. Very plain, very boring. So if if you are out there and want to send us drinks, send them to Jen. Send them to Jen and I'll sit here and drink my water. Or if you know you have some really good water, if you, yeah, if you have some Joyce. really good water, send it to me. Mm-hmm. Some of that spring water, some of that mm-hmm. nice stuff. Yep, uh, exactly. Wait, um, do you drink tap water or do you get what is your? How do you do your water? Oh yeah, I filter. I drink filtered tap water. Yeah, mm-hmm. filtered tap water. Okay, and do you use mm-hmm. a Brita? No, it's like this other filtration system that we have set up. I forget like exactly who it was through, but it's kind of the same concept as a Brita. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tap water. I don't, I don't do the fancy bottle thing. I mean, I love fancy bottled water, but like on a day to day basis, that's be like I feel like excessive. And like room temp, cold, ice. Oh wow, we're getting into it. Um, I usually room temperature when it's warm out. I like it iced. Interesting. Why? What about you? Uh, room temperature too. I'm not a, a fan of ice. And actually, this really? I might. I mm. yeah. I don't, but I um, this is a pretty good segue. I think I could be totally wrong for our guest because I once uh, I once looked at a, an Ayurvedic uh, like quiz about how I'm forgetting some of it, but like the things that are best used to nourish your body and. Whatever I got, it it means that like I'm, my hands are cold all the time, and I should consume warm things, mm. but uh, including my um, beverages. They say like mm-hmm. don't drink cold stuff. Um, but with that uh, long winded segue, <laughs> we're excited to have today, Deborah. Yay! Hi, yes. you guys. Thanks Hi, for having me. Hi. Very excited. Hey, how to are you guys you. doing? Good, good. Jen is clearly doing well because she has all the all the drinks in her. I've got my kava. 
It sounded like a lot. That was, <laughs> that's a lot of, of different uh, herbs in there. <laughs> yeah, I should probably chill out. Um, but okay, Deborah, how about you tell us what you do? I am a yoga instructor. That's what I do. And so did my bit about your Ayurvedic diets, like is that something that you're familiar with? Yes. Yes. I have not. I am not an Ayurveda. Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga and mm. it's a whole um, in-depth thing that one, you know, I would say that's a separate profession if you want to, I mean, I, I, you certainly could couple it with yoga, certainly. Um, but it's, it's like, like yoga or, I mean, this gets, starts to get more complicated. Like yoga is a, a big term, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and it means a lot of different things. But if you, I primarily teach the philosophy of yoga, the asana, the physical practice of yoga, and then I guess a coupling with that, some uh, along with asana, some of the anatomical aspects of yoga. And Ayurveda is a, like I said, a sister science, and and one could go deep into that as well and couple that with, but um, that I have not done. But I am certainly familiar with Ayurveda. I'm now realizing that the reason why I thought they were somehow linked is someone that I knew that was really into Ayurvedic. It was also really into yoga and kind of talked about them like in conjunction with one another. So mm. I think I always like grouped it in my mind, but that makes a lot of sense uh, that they are two separate things. And that, and that, um, yeah, I want to get into like yoga is such a big term mm -hmm. and encompasses like so much. So can you talk a little bit about the particular, like the practice of yoga that you do a bit more? Sure. I mean, there's right. Like, so, I mean, touching on your first question in terms of yoga, right? So yoga is a 5,000 year old uh, tradition, philosophy stemming from India, right? Originated in India and 5,000 years is a long time. So there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of different uh, perspectives and things about what yoga is. Um, and it can actually get quite confusing out there. Um, the kind of yoga that, and again, like, you know, in Ayurveda is, um, it, it's not unreasonable that you, that your friend is, they are intertwined in many ways mm -hmm. to, to mm -hmm. yoga. So that is not unreasonable for her to um, be coupling those two. Um, the, what I became interested in um, particularly was um, something, a, a philosophy of yoga that stems back about 2,000 years, which mm -hmm. is stems from a particular text called the Yoga Sutras. Mm -hmm. And then inside that philosophy, there's like, I think it's three aphorisms, three small uh, phrases in, the, in this particular text that talk about something called asana, which is the physical practice. And I am, I use asana primarily for a little bit of meditation as well, um, meditative mm -hmm. aspects um, I do teach as well to help, the hope is to help people uh, feel better uh, yeah. in this this longer, this larger context of what, so so the asana is a tool to this larger concept of what yoga is, which mm -hmm. is a kind of, um, uh, I mean, that's also very debatable, Depend, depends who you are, what you want to, how you want to define yoga. But I, I mean, I would, 
in my own um, humbleness, would define yoga as a, as a state in which we're able to really be able to have some awareness mm. of ourselves that is clear. We're sitting in a part of ourselves that I would call mature, clear seeing, even if the things we're seeing are hard to see, and in that way are able to be more clear seeing about the reality connected. Our clarity doesn't just come from osmosis. Our clarity comes from being in the world, right, from something mm. bigger than us. And it's in that um, place of being connected to the larger reality and to our own self-awareness that we're able to have healthier relationships, both with ourselves and others. Wow. So, so I don't know. That was that was a lot. No, you know the podcast. The thing that's striking me, like just hearing you talk, because we talk to a lot of people in different careers, and you know, people enjoy their careers, but there's just hearing you talk about it. There's a pronounced passion about mm. what it is that you do, and um, just a deep understanding of it. And it's not to say that, like you know, not everyone has that with their career, but I'm just sensing something. Uh, just, I mean, it's. It's just like coming through in the way that you're talking, just like how passionate you are about it. So, I mean, I'm curious, how did you find yourself like teaching, like getting into the practice of teaching yoga? Like what at what point in your life did that transition start happening? Right. It's a great question. So I think for me, um, I mean, there's sort of two ways that I could answer this question. I think that the, the passion that you hear – um, I appreciate you hearing that because it's it's accurate. I um, <laughs> am, am I'm extremely uh, for me. This is more than a career for sure, and I think sure. um, it. My interest in yoga and the yoga philosophy and the off, the physical practice as a gateway to feeling better really stems from my own challenges in life. Mm -hmm. So it it became um, and maybe this is and um, yeah that they, that it's something that actually is a tool that works for me personally, that has, mm. has made me feel, um, and I continue to come back to it. I mean, it's a lifelong journey, right? It's continually, I'm in, I'm in awe actually of this 2000 year old philosophy that I'm, is, is very applicable to, you know, I'm a white Jewish pseudo atheist, um, <laughs> you know, contemporary girl, right. Who, who this, philosophy is big enough to resonate with me now mm -hmm. um, and work to, to help me continually reorient, reorient to a place where I'm not causing myself more suffering than necessary. Um, mm -hmm. Not, you know, it's not perfect, sure. but, but I think, so I think my interest in part, maybe at first unconsciously came from um, feeling bad and then starting to feel better. Uh, mm, yeah. The more, the more Just by taking classes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 uh, definitely from at first, just by taking the, the physical asana practices and then getting interested in things teacher teachers were saying that I was like, what are you talking about my mind? Like, what do you, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting strong abs, you know, like, I don't right. understand what you're talking about, but being kind of curious or seeing something in my teachers where they seemed like at ease and had oh, yeah. knew themselves and were holding reasonable boundaries and navigate and had a love life. And, you know, you're like, yeah. And look aspirational almost. Yeah. You're like, what, what did they, they have something that, um, I'd like to cultivate, you know, I, yeah. I that, that would be nice. So there was, <laughs> a, um, an interest, you know, and, and the more, 
the more practical or maybe uh, boring answer is it was very accidental that I started teaching. I mean, it was, hmm. um, I started teaching because I was, I was wanted free yoga and I was, I was doing all kinds of other jobs and I was working at the front desk to get free yoga. And then there was a moment where there was a quote unquote emergency where they needed someone else to lead a class. I mean, this is now 23 years ago. So this was before you needed a certification. Um, And they just asked me to teach. They're like, Deb takes this class all the time. You know, Deborah can do it. Um, Have her do that. And I was like, oh God, no, you know, but then I, I did. And anyway, the, the, then the, the person that led the yoga program at the time at this particular studio um, ended up emailing me and saying, "Hey, would you be interested in in teaching? We need some that's teachers." So, that's so cool. So you yeah. you started teaching before the certification. Does that mean you had to get the certification like in the middle of your teaching career? They didn't come up. Um, so Yoga Alliance, which is the main credentialing um, body at this point in time, did not exist in 2000 mm-hmm. when I started teaching. So yeah, it was it was really. In fact, even when I did my teacher training, there was still mm-hmm. no Yoga Alliance. Mm-hmm. So I did the training out of interest in learning. Um, I already got, I had some mentorships to learn. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it was definitely haphazard. And then I did this 200-hour teacher training. And then Yoga Alliance came about later. In fact, I had to fight mm-hmm. to sort of get, I had to do a whole bunch of um, jump through a lot of hoops to get that training to count. Um, um, they did grandfather people in from before they existed. And, um, yeah, so, so yeah, I went back then and then, you know, I continue to train today, but I, you know, went to India and have continued to take workshops and online trainings and my whole career. Yeah. And I'm so curious, what did you before, when you were getting into yoga, what was it that you were doing as a career at that time? So uh, I, it was a um, combination. So I've always been very interested in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my, my major in college. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing some of that. And I, I thought my trajectory was going to be grad school, becoming mm-hmm. a therapist, in some, I didn't know exactly um, what kind yet or what population I was going to work with, but that was, and I was at that time working with a whole hodgepodge from children to people with um, much more severe uh, disorders in different um, different settings, lots of different settings. But I was also um, doing theater at that time. Oh. I also was very, in, yeah. So it was. Yeah, were, were you in New York or were, is, why do, I, I don't know why I thought you were in New York. Were you in New York? I was never, you know, I, no, I was here. I was actually in the Bay Area. I oh, okay. was definitely, in fact, for my graduation from college, my mom gave me a gift to go to American Conservatory Theater for a fun. Oh, wow. um, so for the summer, for like this little, you know, two month, three month training and then, you know, she, she always jokes it's the worst gift she ever gave me because I never moved back uh, to the Midwest slash East Coast. She played and, herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really bad gift because who's going to leave, you know, the Bay Area when she, from, from Ohio? I moved from Ohio. So it was like uh, ocean, mountains, redwood trees. It was, it was hard to leave, to say the least. I, um, I mean, I could be uh, oversimplifying, but, I mean, it seems like teaching – 
uh, a yoga class, which is I always see when people are, you know, the instructor, there is a performative nature to it in that like, you know, you are, you know, in charge of the class and it's you're setting the the atmosphere. And then there's also, especially for yoga, how it affects, you know, mental well-being. It feels like a really interesting uh, perfect scenario for you to end up yeah. in, given yeah, the combination, what you were, the combination of those two things that you yeah. were doing before you ended up in it. I think I think that's right. I think that the the, the only caveat I would say as I've matured is that um, I think it's a very it's very important that the the difference the distinction between theater. I mean, maybe maybe there's maybe this isn't a hundred percent true, but. The 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 person the people that are primary in teaching are the students. So the mm-hmm. that the 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 performative nature certainly um, allows the articulation, the ability yeah. to mm-hmm. hold space um, is important. But I think that for me personally, I'm off track if I'm performing because yeah. um, I should not be the focus. In fact, if any, if I'm being a a, a good teacher, the student's mind is um, the thing they're paying attention to. And I'm supporting them being with themselves, not admiring or watching me. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, um, and not, not that, you know, and I think there's aspects to also, you know, theater can be quite different that there are aspects of more performative theater, right. That are more yeah. self-absorbed theater versus the theater is being done for the purpose of helping awaken or enliven or enrich the audience, right? Yeah. So the hope is, and I'm sure I'm guilty of not doing this all the time and getting, getting caught, get caught up in my my own self um, for sure, <laughs> but that there, the hope is, my hope is that I continue to strive to have the class be something where the student is um, the is learning and growing and aware of themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in, that it's it's incredible too that like that that practice has like you were able to create like a very long lasting career in this space. And it, I wonder if it is that combination of that passion and the skills that you have that are outside just the practice of of yoga that it, that allows you to do that. I'm curious, like from your perspective. Um, what has been the most critical piece in continuing this career in uh, as a yoga instructor? Mm. That's an interesting uh, question that I might even need a little more clarification of what um, what you're asking. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Can you clarify just a little bit so I make sure? Yeah, I definitely. And I think it's it's intentionally vague. <laughs> Um, but, um, I just like to hear about how, like, especially for some of the guests who have had like long careers, um, in their space, um, it's often that you see people like jumping, right? Jumping and pivoting and trying new things. And I feel like when there's, there's people who like sustain a career for a very long time, it's, they've found some kind of harmony. They've found some kind of Mm -hmm. alignment with it. And so, um, maybe just would love to hear your story and your approach and like how that was for you and finding that alignment, did it feel more like intentional, especially based off of the background that you have outside of yoga? Uh, or were, was it like you said, you just kind of got into it and um, never wanted to leave? Like just like, I think it's not so much a specific pointed question. It's more just kind of would love to hear the story as um, 
that you went through in terms of um, finding yourself there and wanting to stay there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like they're deaf. So going back a little, yeah, absolutely. I think the th- the theater background for me and um, my personality, the my experiences actually also, I would say, is sort of a trifecta. The the psychology for sure, the interest mm-hmm. in well being um, mentally and emotionally, the emotional stability that I both wanted for myself and want to help support people in cultivating more of. And then also, I think this experience that I had as a child going to camps, which Mm -hmm. I can kind of, um, which was very community-based and um, more, I don't know, it feels like a sort of not American, very uh, oriented towards the support of of community versus the individual, I think helped me in terms of um, that piece um, of connectedness and my, the retreats that I have led in yoga. So, so the, all those things absolutely have contributed to my, I, it, this is my um, skill set, the passion. Uh, so, well, I'll hold the passion off for a second because I think that is the fundamental thing. But so what I'll say is I also don't think it's prohibited. If somebody is an introvert or doesn't have theatrical skills, I don't think that you're prohibited from being a yoga teacher. So I know mm-hmm. lots of introverts or people who don't have those skills that still can be extremely successful in this career. So, Mm -hmm. um, but that said, yes, I do think that those things have all made, um, been assets. The, my journey in, in having such a long, um, career in this particular field, I think, I think is in, is in part, um, the kind of re- engaging in the material in different ways over and over and over again. So Mm. um, it's not that I didn't have moments of boredom, of uh, not wanting to teach or or certain aspects of my job that I don't like. There's specific aspects that I really don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I have had moments I went back to school for nutrition and then realized, Mm. oh, that's a whole thing thing. And I already have this <laughs> other thing that I really love. I use aspects of my education there in my, at my retreats and different things, but, um, it kept, it's, I went to school to see if I wanted to be a doula. I went mm. um, to school to massage school. I, mm. I had moments where I was like, maybe this isn't, uh, the thing. And what kept happening to me was it kept throwing me back to realizing how much I had already built. And this, being a form of expression for me of really my value system. And then mm. it, I could have it be these other things, but why have it be this other tool when I'd already built so much in this particular realm? I've thought maybe I'll go back to school and become a therapist, but then I keep coming back again. Well, I already have this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and maybe maybe that will be something that I do um, later. I, that That's right. still an option, but I feel like the... The coming back again and again to whether it's diving deeper into the physical therapy aspects, the anatomy, mm-hmm. or really for me, it is the psychology, the, the, the philosophy to me, I see from a lens that is psychological. So mm-hmm. the therapeutic aspects, um, it really, actually, it is the, the thing that, that holds me. And it doesn't just hold me when I'm loving it. It holds me when I'm not loving yoga. Right, yeah. because because the philosophy is that dig one well. You you don't 
get married, quote unquote. And then when it gets hard, you're like, peace out. Like, <laughs> um, it's like, oh, well, that's an opportunity. The philosophy yeah. says the moment where you're really struggling with your partner or your child or your is a, a moment to look, go close and look, the philosophy says, go nearby and look at what your own mind, your own self, not blaming the other person, not, you know, uh, but what, what are you doing? What is causing that problem? And then it, that opportunity to work through. So anytime I would bump up against, oh, I don't want to, this is so boring, you know, teaching someone how to lunge you know, or whatever. I'd have an attitude of like, oh, this is where I'm better than this. You know, I'm, I'm, I, my parents are professors, you know, I'm just this like exercise. It's like, no, 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 no. What, what, that's a story that actually is distorted, distorted. And, um, so then I would go back and revisit, okay, well, what can I, what, what is going on that's creating those feelings? Um, it's like, you know, should my child never be bored? I mean, yeah. now, now, I mean, the, the, it's like sitting in those yeah. uncomfortable moments a little yeah. bit. Yeah. That yeah, is being curious. That, yeah. to me, that's more yoga than some getting to some place that's perfect peace. I'm that's- finding it so fascinating because the way that you're talking about this is, I think, how I would like to feel about a job and work. But when I'm considering the way that you're talking about, like, the I think it's such a good analogy, like with a marriage, like you just don't yeah. like peace out. But to me, if I'm working at a consumer driven company that's not serving me or not treating me right, you know, that I mean, I guess if we start putting it on the marriage part, then it is uh, also like, oh, that's just not a good relationship and you should end it. But I'm just finding the way that you're talking about it is so beautiful and i'm uh and it's kind of like this aha moment with transferring that to just like your everyday 9 to 5 corporate job like it's just like maybe in my younger years but that that's just like not how i can see it and i i find it to be just really you know inspiring i would say hearing you talk about the way yeah. that you've approached your career in that way Gosh, it's, I mean, this is a thing where nothing, there's no, you know, absolutes. It's so complicated, right? With sorting <laughs> out, where are we in distort? It's like, I mean, one could, you know, we could have a whole debate about like, when is divorce uh, beneficial? You know, when, uh-huh. when, is, when, it, when is it? It's not never. It's absolutely yeah. not. That some people should leave yeah. a relationship, right? Yeah. So right. then how do you know when you're, when you're piecing out because you're, the, the, the orient, the way you're oriented towards yourself is problematic. You're in what they call in yoga, a klesha, a distortion, a affliction, and you're blaming the marriage, right? You're blaming society. You're blaming the job. You're blaming the external versus if someone's beating you, I mean, that's when it becomes clear. Everything's by degrees, right? Like sure. you gotta leave, you leave the relationship, right? You don't, mm-hmm. you don't, um, if, if you're in a, you know, you're talking to someone that did find overall a career that it is the right fit. I mean, it, but it's complicated because there were moments where it didn't feel like that. So well, I, and it's also, I don't yeah. know how to answer that exactly with how do you sort through that? Because I, I hear my husband in moments, there's been moments where he's been in jobs where he's like, my, my boss is awful. This is like, I'm out. And it's like, well, is your boss awful? Like, and, and mm. is he, maybe he is, 
And then what, what aspects, you know, are you a cog in a wheel? Uh, what, yeah. what is, how are you orienting towards this? And like, if you really feel like you're doing evil and the boss is up, like, yeah, leave, of course. Right. It, it takes more, I think there's more depth of thought that needs to, anything that's done quickly and, mm. and reactively, I think we should be suspect of. Wow. This is like, yeah, I, I I'm so inspired by what you're, everything that you're saying. And like, to kind of tie it back to like the practice and um, like your career, uh, like, can you say a little bit about like the philosophy of yoga? Maybe like that's an aspect that like, I don't, I just don't know as much about. Like I've been to yoga classes, obviously, but like if you, and I know that's a big question, but if you were to synthesize just like very quickly and in a short. Summarize it in one word. No, <laughs> not one word. Maybe like a few yeah. sentences of just like, like what, what the philosophy aspect is. I mean, again, so disclaimer. So first of all, disclaimer, white lady, like just interested in this stuff. There is no like five-year degree. Um, I don't know, disclaimer, disclaimer. And the 5,000 years of um, uh, 5,000 years and massive amounts of people contributing to this philosophy, multiple texts, uh-huh. a rich history. So, uh-huh. so I want to say this is one person's perspective of what yep. yoga is. Okay. So, yeah. and a Western perspective I cannot mm-hmm. ameliorate my own lens. I cannot mm-hmm. get rid of me, right? So right, right. Um, my take on from the Yoga Sutra by Patanjali, which is again one text out of which is which is called which is part of um something that's called a darshana, which means a perspective. Okay. It's okay. um one of there's like during this time-ish yoga philosophy is one of also more Indian philosophies. So this gets even more complicated oh. and I'm there's other philosophies that get sort of like Ayurveda that get mm-hmm. um, something called Sankhya and there's like they, they, they all kind of intertwine and they debate each other. And there's mm. moments of, you know, people who say yoga, we're all one is one of these other, from my perspective, these other Indian philosophies being um, intertwined maybe in the yoga sutras. It's, you know, there's dualism and non-dualism. I mean, it gets complicated, you guys. So. Yeah. So I'll just say, I will simplify. I will really um, be reductionist. But from my, what is most useful to me, the way to think of yoga is, is the result we want from doing the practices, all the tools, mm-hmm. right, is to sit in an orientation inside ourself that is clear seeing. And that yoga, mm-hmm. yo, the yoga philosophy calls this the self. And it's from that that we get something called, so that's the, there's many words for it, the drushter, the seer. So they define yoga as yoga chitta vritti narodaha. Yoga is the the mind being able to stay, to um, be able to stay. So the first variable is we have to be able to have our mind be able to, right now, hopefully you guys aren't texting while you are having this conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not also um, cooking. You're just mm-hmm. having this conversation, right? I'm, just, you know, just writing a novel like separately. <laughs> I just the way my mind works. No, right, I'm completely right. focused. Completely focused. You can you can also be drinking your kava drink, right? It's yep, not that yep. there can't <laughs> yeah. be like some some uh, mild multitasking, maybe, but there's um, 
once we are able to have staying power of the mind, what happens is potentially just throw a little Sanskrit out there. He says, you then are establishing, which is an ongoing process in yourself, in this clear seeing, this drushter, this part that can see that's not in distortion, that sees clearly. And when we can see, so chapter two is like all about all the distortions we all have. This is important to know, right? And that we will not always be in clear seeing. In fact, it's one of the reasons that I love this particular text is that he Patanjali or the multiple people that probably wrote this text that are giving Mm -hmm. the name Patanjali are saying you are not always going, you are going to be afflicted by all kinds of things that are part of being a homo sapien. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then our work is to see those afflictions and see them clearly. You might never even get rid of them, but they become more dormant. And what takes, what you take the seed in is this part of you that sees these destructive aspects of yourself and you see more clearly. And what this ultimately leads to, the big goal, he says, is volume. So the stepping stone is focus or stability or attention. The mind becomes stable. Like you set a camera down that can focus, right? Mm-hmm. So that you're not, you're holding onto the buoy in the ocean, right? You're not just flinging in waves. Right. And then when you're in that place of stability, right, you can, you can, fo- the lens is focused. Then we, uh, uh, we orient from this adult part of ourselves. Um, and then from there, what Kavalyam to me means, people define it in all different kinds of ways, but is you are independent from your own, uh, your own destructive thoughts mm-hmm. and, your, and your circumstance. You are not mm-hmm. other, other people and the circumstance you're in are not defining who you are. And you... I mean, the one of the ways I see this the most right now, because I'm now a mother and uh-huh. a wife, is I am not my husband or my daughter. I am independent from them. I'm separate. So Dan, my lovely husband, does not need to think the way I think. I can mm-hmm. respect that he is right and I'm right. And now what are we going to do about it? Because they're different. And mm-hmm. my daughter can cry like a like an insane person. <laughs> she is three and a half, so she does. And I, mean, I, I can, can relate. <laughs> right? And I do too at times, right? We all do. Um, so she can be having big feelings and I uh-huh. don't change that she still needs to go to sleep because uh-huh. I'm mm-hmm. independent from her and I know something that she does not, that you need to sleep. And... So she can, so this is Kavalium. This is a place where I am able to not be, um, I, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about exactly in sure. modern life, yeah. but this yeah. place, I think of like an H, I am me, you oh. are you, and yet we are connected. Mm, There's that gosh. line of connection. So mm-hmm. I am free from having you to have to be different than you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm free to do my work to get really clear on what I'm up to. Mm. And to house, if I'm really, again, I'm not some somehow perfect, but right. I can say, I'm sorry. I can keep realigning. I can, um, even if things aren't going my way, which they won't 99.9% of the time in life, right? Um, 
I can be at peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you get fixated on it, if you can't like let it go. I mean, I I firmly relate to getting hooked on a negative feeling and mm-hmm. almost feeling comfort in it. Uh, dude, I Joyce, I feel like we just got a private TED talk. I know. Like, I, I was just saying so the same like- thing. <laughs> like I'm feeling things right now. I don't mean to like hard, hard segue into um, – I kind of want to talk a bit about the the day-to-day business of being a yoga instructor, um, yeah. like the operational side of it, the logistics. Um, so like one thing that comes to mind when you were talking about, uh, you know, the marriage and the relationship – the career, I was thinking, are you your own boss or how is that structure for you today? So, you know, I think yoga, excuse me, yoga has, my career has taken so many different iterations Mm -hmm. um, and different, I've watched my friends that are in this career as well, find very creative ways of making money that are distinct from what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it, it really does take a certain, I mean, you can be in this career and make zero money um, very easily. Um, It's not, it's, um, which pains me because I feel like it's a, it's a career of service. It's a career dominated by women. um, Mm. And it's very, um, it's, it's undervalued in my opinion. Um, And, and there, I mean, also the landscape of the education of individuals that teach yoga. I mean, um, is quite diverse. So, and mm-hmm. how does one compensate people and discern who is? Um, yeah, it's a compli- It's a complicated. But um, to answer your question, there's so there's been many iterations. I would say overall, yes, I am my mm-hmm. own boss. Um, the very beginning of my career was teaching in yoga studios. So I mm-hmm. started off saying yes to anyone and everyone that asked me or was willing to take a risk and have someone with very little training um, teach and Mm -hmm. um, making very, very little money. I mean, I would say I did not make a living wage for many years at the beginning. Mm, Okay. And I was uh, teaching so many hours that um, I developed polyps on my throat, which you can maybe hear right now. Um, So there was... um, a, but I was young and so this was doable and I, you know, had rent control in San Francisco and, um, I made it work. So, you know, um, yeah, so there was, um, and then that shifted to starting to teach retreats. So once Mm. I found, um, this was financially, um, much more lucrative and I started Mm. doing private lessons. So I started going to Mexico and Bali and Guatemala and and local retreats and workshops and for the and these were this was a way where I started making a living wage, um, uh-huh. a, a still a modest living wage and mm-hmm. um, but it was and I had to do my own marketing and figure out my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about when I said there was aspects I don't like about my career. Yeah, I mean the last thing that I ever want to do is harass someone to come to anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Ugh, that's so relatable. So unpleasant and not where I want my time and energy. I am um, very vehemently against social media. Um, uh, Personally, I don't, I just, I just don't like spending time on social media. I'm, Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, not interested. And so I haven't gone that way. And I've somehow still found a way to do marketing, which is more interpersonal. Um, yeah. And so there's, but then I've had other student, the other, and then they took another form. So then I, I had a student that happened to be the head of HR at Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And um, they asked me to come the particular, the CEO at the time was interested in a particular kind of yoga that I taught. Mm, and so my student called me and, and we started a program there. She shortly actually left and someone else came in and she was, then I had a boss, right. And, but ah. kind of barely, right. Because yeah. she, let me do my thing and then sort of brought me on as a consultant to help build the mm. program. So right. I was the quote unquote lead yoga instructor there and would also then became paid to be in meetings to be like, no, we don't want mirrors in the room. This is what, how you describe meditation. This is how you describe mm. pranayama. This is this kind of yoga, you know, and helped them. And I did auditions to hire other, I would help hire people oh. for teaching there and they built right a huge wellness program there. Um, my boss was an incredible, um, inspiration to me and very skilled. And then slowly things, um, Twitter was spending too much money and things changed and there was layoffs and, um, the program actually got dismantled and went away. So then Mm -hmm. I had to remake myself again. Right. And so then, and then the pandemic, right. So, um, And so then, you know, there was online stuff and, um, and then my child came. So if, if, well, my child came during the pandemic, actually right before Mm -hmm. the pandemic, four months before the pandemic. So dang. Yeah. So there was a lot of reasons that, you know, I was, I, I did a whole teacher training during the pandemic online. Mm -hmm. I did a teacher training prior. I started doing teacher trainings, also more lucrative, but, you know, there's other people that do travel all the time and do um, workshops all over the world and do tons of online stuff like yeah. passive income. And um, now I'm in this iteration where I'm teaching at a, um, I guess you would call it, I guess you'd have to call it a club um, mm-hmm. primarily and online. So I'm doing... Um, I just started doing this and um, Mm -hmm. I'm really only working part time right now still because um, I want to put a lot of time into my daughter. So um, I love, I'm loving getting back into the in-person teaching. It's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, been amazing for me, but financially I would say right now I am blessed to have um, privilege to have a husband that makes money. And so I can afford teaching at this club right now where it's not very lucrative. Um, mm-hmm. And I have other benefits from that, right, to be able to participate in the, and use the club with my daughter, which is mm-hmm. really um, – and I, I think we work – personally, I work for more reasons than money. But, right, yeah. But no, I mean, it, do that. And, and, yeah. I mean, it is – I think with these uh, careers that can – have so much passion behind the reason why people go into it, it always does feel like the trade-off, right? Is that, okay, well, you're going to be, uh, it's not going to be as lucrative as if you, you know, went into finance or something like that. So I guess I would ask you if someone was wanting, and I know it's super variable, so definitely know that this isn't like a black and white answer, but if someone was like, hey, 
I want to do this full time and I don't need to live an extravagant life, but uh, I would like to be able to focus my career on teaching yoga. How much time do you think that like they would have to work in a week to make that happen? And again, I know that there's so many variables here, but if you could just like throw out an idea of like how much work-life balance is there? Are they working 40 hours a week? Are they working 60 hours a week? Like what's actually the reality there? So it's a really good question. Like, I mean, I think that what happens in, I think that there has to be um, aspects of the career where you are not making money and then Mm -hmm. aspects of the career where you make your money, right? So there's like, whether that's, I have friends that have done like you guys podcasts that are huge marketing where there's not at the beginning, a lot of income coming, but it's a way to um, have validation of who you are, right? As a, that yeah. you're qualified, people are like, which may or may not actually even, I mean, this is what's sort of interesting is it may or may not bring students through the door directly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even that, because right. there's like, I used to teach at yoga journal conferences and um, I never, I don't think I got like, maybe I got one student ever on my retreats from that. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, but what it did do is get me the Twitter job, right? Yeah. So, so that because there's, that's a, uh, that well, like, oh, if teacher, if yoga journal thinks she is capable, then she right. must be sort of, it's like a, it's like a reference, right? So and you kind of don't know where that lead's going to come from, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could come from any, any gig that you pick up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you definitely, there are certain, it's like, um, like teaching, um, at studios was the way that I, that is the way I built relationships and got then students on my retreats or that I, put energy into, um, right. If someone is into social media, building the brand there in order, and then doing privates, privates was also the lucrative, you know, I personally didn't enjoy teaching private lessons as much as, as group retreats or group uh, the communal aspect, but I had to do that because that's where I got financial stability. So, um, and, and some people might love that intimate one-on-one, especially if you get a certain, a match, a person you're teaching that's a match is interested in similar things that you're interested in teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Which didn't always happen for me. Sometimes it did, um, but sometimes people just wanted like a hardcore workout, right? And that was less mm-hmm. interesting to me. I can do that. I'll do that. I am interested in fitness. There's no doubt yeah. that I'm interested in like feeling strong, but I'm interested in feeling strong so you feel better emotionally, not so you mm-hmm. look good. In fact, right. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but I think we're, <laughs> we're just like way off base in our culture with that being some defining um, point of value. And, and we're animals, oh. so you can't get rid of that. Like we're going to always, but I think our limited definition of beauty is just so um, skewed. And that said, I do think health, I mean, oh gosh, that's a whole nother, again, thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like health, uh, I do think we, we need to take seriously if we're, you know, having, uh, our muscles aren't strong. I think that's a problem. I I think that it's a problem for health. Um, so anyway, there's for your joints, right? So, um, uh, I don't think all, 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 all looks are equal in terms of health. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it gets complicated and that might be an unpopular view right now, but, but there's, um, you know, so the number of hours I, I, I can't, I think at the beginning, it's it's a lot because you have to build yourself. Yeah. So the first five years, maybe right. two years are 
a lot more. And then when I was at the height of my career, right, um, which again was pre-COVID, I think, maybe during my days at Twitter, um, I didn't have to market almost at all. Yeah. I, you know, you get to a place where there's, you're being, the people are being fed and I send one email out and then my retreat is full. You know? Yeah. You kind of like, you, you oiled the machine well and then it's just running. Yeah. And that's not to say, I mean, I guess that's not, I'm making it sound like maybe a little too glamorized because there was still, I would say it would fill within two months and there was always still a residue of anxiety. Like, oh my God, I just put down $20,000 in this place that I can't get back. Will people come, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I always did, you know, email out before I put the money down, like who's interested if I do it these dates, these times, and I would only put the money down if I had 30 people saying yes, because mm-hmm. I knew I needed 10, you know, um, so right. then because you're not going to have, and then a lot of my rates were 10, you know, but that was enough yeah. to make, mm-hmm. I made the price point enough that. And, you know, so that I could come away with a, with some money for that time and energy. So you, you, at the beginning, I would say uh, people, if you are seriously passionate about this, you love yoga, you want this to be full-time, it is doable. You can eventually have work-life balance 100%. you might need a therapist along the way, um, <laughs> but you're, you're, it's possible and um, don't be discouraged by anything. And you can also have it be a side gig and then you don't have to worry yeah. about the money. Hmm. And also just, you know, everyone can, you know, use a little therapy. So, you know, right. might as well <laughs> just do it regardless. Um, so for time, I think we're getting to our lightning round side right. of the question. So the way we're going to do this is uh, Joyce and I are going to have a couple of quick questions. We're going to get some quick answers just to kind of like round out this talk about being a yoga instructor. So Joyce, do you have anything on deck? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, so Deborah, um, you mentioned a couple things that are the aspects of the job that you don't like. Um, what are the aspects of the job that you do like? Relationships, the mm. relationships and um, the growth that happens that I can firsthand witness of other of my students, my um, it, the, the folks that I work with, the practitioners and myself. Mm. My question is, when I think about someone teaching a fitness class, the first thing that comes to mind is, man, there's got to be some days where you just don't feel like doing it. Do you have any advice that helps you if you're maybe not in the mind space to lead a class, what you do to get there so you can be present for the class? Mm. I mean, I think a little bit, um, I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little weird, but like too bad like get out of your victim mindset like um, <laughs> nice. I, like uh nobody likes everything all the time like mm. that's a, a fantasy a distortion and mm. you is your job it's your job you are you you have responsibility and so you don't have to like it but you do need to do it and so what mm. so you don't love it that and and i think that there's um 
and you take seriously your your job is to pay attention to other people and pay attention to their health and well-being and and you know i mean that said you know if you really you may need to do some things to get you know i don't know how one magically if you're in a bad state you're feeling depressed or sad you've just had something really hard i think holding some boundaries for that around yourself that that's your business and you don't have mm-hmm. to come shiny but um you do mm-hmm. have to um uh, your role is the the the, the leader. So mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not the student. You're not the patient. You're not the. So you come and you maybe you just do the best. You just do the best you can within that context. Yeah. Um, and you, you know you, you say less. And yeah. that's a good. The good news mm-hmm. is you can literally just walk someone through poses, and the yoga mm-hmm. will do its job. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have to make magic. You know the. Yeah. The student is going to be, you just tell people to, you know, bring your arms up and then touch the ground and, you know, <laughs> and breathe. And and then you say, good night. Good night, everyone. You know, <laughs> night, night. And then go home and call your best friend, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joyce, so do you good, have a, so another good. one? Yes. Um, so uh, for those that are interested in going um, down this path, what are some specific, like, skills or personality traits that you feel would lend themselves well to having like a successful long career with all the different iterations that, um, that you see not only like you experience yourself, but also of those around you? Mm, I think that you, um, I, that's a really good question. (laughs) I think, I think that one of the things that will not sustain you is if you are, interested in becoming famous, this is not the career for you. So Uh if you're interested in being known, um, go to Hollywood, right? Go um, (laughs) to, uh, uh, and that's maybe um, because I don't think that's enough to sustain because it's, it's an interesting thing because the yoga world can get intermixed. There can be a Mm -hmm. distortion that happens with um, fame, right? And most yoga teachers are not famous. Most yoga teachers mm. are, um, uh, and and it's not what the career is about, in my mm-hmm. humble opinion. So I don't think it's enough to sustain you. I think it has to be that you're interested in well-being, mm. um, and um, what skills I think you're interested in being well yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so great. Working on yourself, yeah. That, that that you'll continually to be able to be eat your humble pie, and, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, it doesn't hurt to have some perform, you know, ability to be in front of crowds. Certainly, you you know that is that's what you're doing. You're in front of people, right. being able to be articulate, being um, mm-hmm. an orator. You, that that development is important. Um, being able to. It, be able to be solid enough that you can have some intimacy with people and being able to hold boundaries Mm -hmm. because I think that's the other pitfall that you can, you know, um, we have to be clear about our roles, right? As yoga teachers, we're not physical therapists. We're not, we can't fix injury. Mm -hmm. We aren't therapists. Mm -hmm. There are therapeutic aspects and healing aspects from, Mm -hmm. so it can get, um, tricky because people may, 
want that from you and you may mm-hmm. really, right. even more than people wanting it from you may want to give that to other people. I fall into that pitfall. I want to mm. be the therapist. I want to be the physical therapist. And then I'm like, oh, you didn't go to school for that. <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not something you actually know how to, you, you can't fix their slip disc, but mm-hmm. you can teach them a yoga pose in a way that helps them ameliorate some pain. So it's not that you have nothing to offer around that, but I can help them not do certain things by listening to their body and strengthen other things that may indirectly help that pain and not make the pain worse. And same thing with the mind, right? I may be able to ask certain questions of them that are um, useful in terms of their therapeutic process emotionally without pretending to be a therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it even you being able to have the mindfulness to say, look, this isn't my thing. Like I shouldn't be, it almost feels like that's a skill set too in its own right. Um, which also I imagine if you want to become famous and people are like, like, um, putting on so much like, oh my gosh, help me do Like, I imagine that that would be at conflict with itself is if people are kind of like adoring you and you'll want to give them more. I just feel like the becoming famous thing is directly in conflict of having boundaries, but I don't know if that's right. I think I think it's very seductive, right? I know teachers, yeah. of mine, especially male students, have had to be really double down on on their own solidity because mm. there's so many beautiful women nowadays that are in classes that. Mm. Um, there has to be real clarity on who you are and um, yeah. what, and, and that there is, um, I mean, I have some very mature friends that are, are teachers that are male that are, I admire for their way in which they don't get seduced by that and that they're able to not date students and not yeah. pretend to be something um, or put on so, you know, and yeah, and I think for female students too, that there is a, I think the, the, maybe any career, the larger you get, the more skilled you get, you better keep eating that humble pie and staying clear because the height that you can fall is much greater than, and, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, that there's nothing wrong with gaining fame or adoration, but you have to see it as distorted. Adoration of you is distortion. The same way deep criticisms of you, you want to, you want to be able to take in, but evaluate. Not all criticisms are equal and you you can take them. You know, one student wants it warm. One student wants it cold. One student wants it music. One student wants, doesn't. One person says you talk too much. One says you don't talk enough. One student said, you know, well, where, where is the mind that's going to be able to evaluate the feedback you get to be able to be discerning? One person says you're the best ever. One says you're the worst ever. Well, which is true. Neither and both. This is like blowing my mind. (laughs) I know. It's so good. I'm feeling very uh, affected by uh, the things you say. Um, Well, let's wrap up. So the last thing that we like to do, one of our newer segments is we... want to go around and talk about career advice that we've received or, you know, have thought ourselves that has been helpful. So Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and kick it off and then, you know, whoever wants to go next. Uh, But something that 
uh, Deborah, you were saying about going back to school uh, for massage and nutrition. It actually made me think of something that I've found to be really helpful. Anytime that I've felt stuck in a career, I think it's always helpful to interview at places. And it's sometimes a way to renew that interest in the place that you're at because you do it does remind you of why you went to where you went in the first place. It kind of realigns your goals, but it's, you know, it's okay to explore different things. Um, but sometimes that exploration actually really helps in sustaining what you've already chosen. So that was just something that I thought. I agree with any, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joyce or Deborah, do you guys have anything? Yeah, I can go. I can go quickly. Um, so yes, this is actually some uh, some career advice that we got from a former uh, guest. Um, but oh yeah, yes, um, this is coming from a former guest, um, Justin, and uh, his career advice, which I think is really great, is um, to look to automate yourself out of the job. Um, that it's like the quickest way to work um, on the projects that you want to rather than the ones that you need to get done. And I think that this is so um, so interesting to be thinking about when you are especially thinking about different iterations, right? Like different iterations of um, of your identity in, in your career. Um, and so – I think that that's been kind of top of mind just because uh, it came to me recently. Yeah. Can you, Deborah, uh, can you, you want to clar- clarify that a little? So you're saying do the things you enjoy the most first. Is that what you're saying in your job? Like so I think autom- maybe it mm-hmm. – uh, no, I, I think I have an example. So like um, uh, you know how you don't like the marketing aspect of mm-hmm. – uh, so it would be automating – those particular oh. tasks that allow you to then focus on the things that you really do like. So if you like sign up for some kind of product that like, you know, t- schedules out all of your marketing and you can limit it or automate it, like then you can really focus on the stuff that you do like. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right. And if you get to a place where you're financially sustainable again, you know, I pay for someone to do it. And I do very little. Right. Exactly. Right. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Want to close us out, Deborah? Yeah, Deborah. What's your what's your career I'm advice? So that, yeah, I'm so excited. It it could be anything that like maybe like you've held on to th- throughout your career, or like something that's just more recently top of mind for you. Oh my gosh. Mm. Um, let me think for a second. I I feel like I have a blank. Um, career advice. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know, maybe the scene's trite, but like the only way is through, right? So you can, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to try things, you know, you, it's like, I tried becoming an actress and mm-hmm. it turns out I found out for me, the challenges of that outweighed the good. So mm-hmm. for me, I let it go, you know? And so, um, and that, that there is no perfect, um, there is no perfect, right? There's, there's, um, it, we cannot do it all. Right. There's, there's mm-hmm, it's like, right. there's moments where I feel like, Oh, I really should have, you know, I should still go back to school, but then I'm like, Oh my God, but then I got to actually go to school. <laughs> you know, like, right. So, so, right. So, um, it's like, it's okay either way, really. Like I'm, yeah. there's cost benefit. And so, um, 
it's really okay. Uh, maybe it sounds, if, if I die, never being a therapist, right. That I did this other thing mm. and that that's enough and it's okay. And it's also okay if I, if it's hard and I choose to do it and I let go of yoga and I do this other thing for a while, like there's, there isn't this perfect, um, thing and, and you'll, you'll find your way. Like as you try, try the thing, the, that's sort of, you know, you're going to find your way and doing things like this. I think it's wonderful. I mean, I'm going to plug your own podcast. Um, (laughs) I think it's wonderful to like hear about, you know, this is part of the legwork of like finding out who you are and how you want to spend your time is like Mm -hmm. what, you know, if something is, whether it's listening to this podcast or interviewing other people about their, you know, you know, what they're doing, interviewing yourself, checking things out, right? You can't just live in your own mind. You got to be in the world. Yeah. I guess. Well, thanks for that plug. We'll definitely uh, pay you whatever the uh, marketing cost is to have that that brand placement uh, in our own podcast. Uh, We we are so happy to have had you. This was such a great talk and just one of those conversations that leaves me – invigorated and excited. And I don't know about what, but (laughs) I am. Um, But it it was such a pleasure to have you on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's been, yeah, you, there's so much like different perspectives that you shared that like, I'm feeling very inspired by. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure to talk with you. I hope it's useful for folks. Oh my gosh. I I like, I feel like people are going to like, there's just parts of what you've said today where I'm like, I feel like I'm going to like listen to that bit. Just like if I'm ever like, I I could go on and on, but I do feel like this will be helpful for people. So uh, (laughs) that's just my opinion though. But um, yes, thank you so much again. And uh, Joyce and I will be right back. wrapped up talking to Deborah, who is a yoga instructor in Wowie Wee Wow. Wowie Wee Wow. That was great. I felt like my soul was being talked to. Seriously. And I don't think that's just the kava talking, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm completely sober, so I can attest that it's okay, not good. the kava. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, we were, we were talking to Deborah as we wrapped, but, um, yeah, I came into this um, expecting to just talk a little, like just focus on the yoga instructor part, but there was so yeah. much more that we covered that was amazing. It was really cool to hear her experience, especially because her career in it has lasted quite some time. And the yeah. landscape of yoga, I believe, has changed quite a bit in the time. I mean, like she was saying mm-hmm. that before she she became an instructor before there was even certification process. So it was really cool to hear that. And just I'm I'm finding that there's this trend of because it was similar with talking to Corey as the pastor, where when there's this like deep passion mm-hmm. about what they do, the conversation ends up becoming a lot about the thing that they do versus the career itself. Like we were talking a lot about yoga and like when we talked to Corey, it was, you know, we were focusing on just kind of like the intricacies of 
almost just religion. But yeah, I, I just found that to be interesting that like the conversation goes that way when we start talking to people that are like in these super passion-driven careers. Yeah. And I was thinking about this too because it's like um, there was there was almost this element of like like you're almost never not working. And mm-hmm. hear me out. Hear me out. I, like I don't mean that like <laughs> like she's always – instructing and like leading yoga classes, obviously, but she's always in the state of practicing yoga, right? Mm, And so that's really interesting to me because um, maybe there's like a dis, like a detachment from like your practice and your career, you -hmm. know, like, and and because you bring up Corey as like a perfect example. And I think that that applies as well. Like his practicing of his faith is not like a nine to five sort of thing, right? It's just yeah. a constant persistent thing that he's like living day to day, right? And then yeah. there's this thing that is like his job, his career. And likewise with Deborah, there's that like separation. And I was trying to think of like a question around this as we were talking, but like it didn't it didn't quite come to me, but I just wanted to talk to you about it because I was so aware that mm-hmm. there there is that distinction. Whereas like you know, maybe some of the the careers that like, I don't know, that we've had, that 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 beingness, that like consistent state of being and practicing um, is a little bit different, right? It is. But then I'm also thinking about early days in my career when mm. I was starting to uh, kind of rise in, in my title. And uh-huh. I almost did feel like I – it was it was just something that was all consuming and i couldn't turn it off but i don't think it's uh-huh. the same as what yeah. they're experiencing it almost kind of wrecked me whereas it's what they do is it's a way of life right 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 and, and what I, I, I know- was doing was just like not having any boundaries and yeah, right. getting lost in it yeah, and I totally resonate with what you're saying because I had that in my early career as well where like my identity was tied to my career, right? Yes, yes. But like I think it's vice versa for this one where it's like yeah. it's not so much that their identity is tied to their career, it's that their their career is almost like a, a consequence of their identity, right? Yeah. And their identity is tied to like around the their practice, their faith, their philosophy, their values, right? And that's yeah. it's so it's so evident. It's so yeah, it's, it's so clear. Too. It's fascinating. It's, I love it. It's and I I you know, we usually talk about like would we want to do something like this? And what I would maybe extract from it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I would like to do something that I'm as passionate about and can live as like my way of life and my being and just have that be everything. I think that is something that's interesting. I don't think it's yoga and I don't know what it could be. Um, You know, I I keep on going back and forth because I think my my knee-jerk reaction is to approach things in the way that Deborah has run her career in yoga, which is just like the way you're talking about. Um, but I've never done it in a healthy way. Wait, and what do you mean? I, like, so like, you know, like you're saying that, um, like it's her career is a consequence of, of her, her like, 
her identity. And I think that that sounds interesting to me, to be in a career that's a consequence of my identity. Mm -hmm. But I I do the opposite. Mm -hmm. I've created – I've made my personality the consequence of my career. And and so I think that there's something really appealing about that. I gravitate towards wanting to like have – have like this bigger feeling with the thing that I do. Uh I think where I need to start like deciding and putting a line in the sand is, you know, is that something that I need to do by making money? Like what's the, what's the deeper Hmm. thing there? Um, And it might not be a job, you know, it might be something else. Well, like, like when you, um, oh, there was this like interesting prompt that I ran into the other day where it was like, try and describe yourself without describing your job or like mm-hmm. your past. And yeah. there were other caveats too, but like, like wh- when you try and do that, like what comes to mind? I mean, uh, I like trying different beverages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I would say the thing that keeps on clawing back at me is writing. Yeah. And there's a good re- one, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with all things, once you make it a career, it sometimes loses that charm. And it's – so, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I And I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to describe without my past <laughs> or my career uh, right now. Do, would you want to do that? Do you want to give that a go? Do I want to give uh, yoga? Do you want to describe? Okay. No, no, no. Like uh, the prompt. Do you want to? Oh, do you want to do the prompt? Mm-mm, I mean, I don't. Probably not. <laughs> we can all do it in our heads. Um, I but can, I will I can't say. Think of it. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Sorry. What was that? Oh no, I was. I was just saying. Like, I. I don't think I could think about it that quickly on the spot. And maybe that's part of it is it's not about a knee jerk, here's what it is. It's right. considering it, you know? And, yeah. And I uh, I think I've talked about it on the podcast, but uh, I recently started up a cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like um, – I guess it's like a more structured, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I get homework. It's like therapy with homework, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of the stuff she, she was saying really felt complementary to some of the things that I'm learning. You know, it's just about being able to sit in those right. uncomfortable feelings. And yeah. um, so, I mean, it's I, I will say I don't think I could be a yoga instructor, but I do want to take a yoga class within the next week. Like I'm craving it. <laughs> Yeah, I think um I so I've taken yoga classes. I don't think I've ever um I I was so fascinated by the philosophy side. Um mm-hmm. I know that it, there was a deep history, but I guess like obviously during the the kind of instructional classes, like you spend more time in the practice of the 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 kind of tools and like the physical practice as opposed to like talking through the philosophy. Um I guess, but yeah. um but I thought that was super fascinating. And like, I, I, I don't think that like I would be a yoga instructor just mm-hmm. because like, I just don't think of myself as like a, an educator. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it, it kind of the role that I feel like 
she encapsulates well is that like leader aspect that like mm-hmm. that um that showing up and and leading a group um through through a practice um and there is that element of education and almost like a like a what's it what's the what's the right term for it like a like a facilitator no. facilitator instructor like mentor like kind of like mentor. guru kind of thing where it's yeah. like you're you are the you're the one that's teaching you're, you're the one the that's example yeah, yeah yeah like like that like you're like like leading the way you're showing the way you're like the I don't know what the right term is for this but you, like kind of like yeah. people look to you and then mm-hmm. um you're like I am here kind of to help you right yeah. um and so, like, yeah, like the pastor example is a great one just because I know you you just brought it up, but like that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Andrea teaching, mm-hmm. like that element also comes to mind. Um, even like Jade and her um, like learning and development, like there's that element of like um, facilitating, being the leader, um, yeah. creating an environment for that educational space and that learning and that yeah. growth. Um, uh, yeah. So that's, I feel like it kind of like feels in like the similar realm of careers or maybe just like day-to-day practice of it. It's a service. Yeah. Like. uh, Exactly. um, Okay. That's, I think that's the term that I'm trying to think of. Yeah. (laughs) Like when you're, when you're, it's not even like providing a service for people, but it's something deeper than that. But it, it, I, I believe Deborah mentioned it's like. She used the term service, right? And, uh-huh. and I, yeah, I and think so did Corey. So did Corey. Yeah, mm. I'm trying to think of other jobs in that regard, like pastor and yoga instructor. That just feels like the the career is a consequence of who they are. You know, of like I forget how you phrased it, but it was really good. The career is a consequence oh. of. Of your identity as opposed your to identity, your, like, your yeah. identity being tied to your yeah. current career or whatever. I mean, I wonder if that crane machine guy um, feels that way. I know. know. Maybe maybe he knew. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe his yeah. identity was a crane um, director before he yeah. became a crane director. Yeah. You're gosh. manifesting I mean, it. It's going to happen. I swear. I know. I, I, I'm just going to start trolling around Long Island Beach, like <laughs> the, the docks and – just uh, hopefully not get arrested trying to get a – man, I want to interview that, that person. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, this is great. Uh, really excited to have had Deborah on today. But as always, um, you know, thank you for listening. Please check us out on our socials. Uh, so what do you do pod? And just, you know, if you're there, drop us a line, different careers that you'd want to hear about. And just really any thoughts uh, because we, we, love, we love finding new guests and bringing new careers to the pod. So, yeah, without further ado, uh, this has been What Do You Do podcast. Uh, I have been your host, Jen. And I'm Joyce. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.